Well, Janusz, this is a great opportunity to spend a few minutes uh, talking about uh, what Poland has been doing uh, to support uh, Ukraine in this crisis. And of course, uh, from my perspective, having uh, been around Poland, Polish issues for many years like you, uh, more or less from a military perspective, it's been interesting to watch the developments from many, many years ago reference uh, uh, the increasing aggressive behavior of Putin, uh, both in the region and to NATO allies in the, what, what's been phrased as the eastern flank of NATO. And uh, significantly, after um, the Georgian War, much more stronger uh, Polish assessments uh, uh, bouncing uh, over to NATO and the United States about uh, the growing uh, threat and potential for Russia to be much more aggressive than what they'd already done in Georgia. By the time we get to 14, the polls are on overdrive on these kinds of intel assessments, but still uh, NATO uh, responds in a very uh, moderate way from 14 to more recent times in their response to tightening up security on the eastern flank. But Poland was able to get some things done, convincing the United States and NATO to strengthen uh, a NATO core that's in the northeast of Poland, and then also to convince the United States uh, to send uh, a brigade in long-term uh, rotational presence uh, and many other uh, U.S. assets. But more recently, the significant Polish transfers in this war that started in February 24, 2022, uh, Poland has really, really uh, stepped forward uh, on transferring uh, major weapon systems. To date, I'm tracking Poland as number two uh, behind the United States in the amount of value, uh, and then including some of the most significant things, hundreds of uh, T-72 tanks, and then more recently announcement of state-of-the-art uh, artillery system, 155 uh, SP Krob system the Poles have. So they're transferring 18 of those. And then there's a number of other things, but uh, on the humanitarian front, uh, up to 3 million, the number's not confirmed, maybe even more Ukrainian refugees have fled to Poland and uh, are trying to uh, hold out and get support until they can return home. Uh, and the Poles have really flung open the doors to help them out. I'm curious to see, um, see uh, from your position how you think uh, the Poles are doing. Yeah, uh, I would put it this way. You mentioned the eastern flank. I think uh, with the full invasion by Russia of Ukraine, it's now become the eastern front. Uh, and I think the adjustments, the major strategic adjustments have been made with Poland now, I would, I would see as a pivot uh, along that eastern front, uh, even with Finland and Sweden joining NATO with uh, much more supplies, military uh, supplies to the Baltic states, uh, to Poland itself, uh, which is uh, strengthening particularly its relationship with the United States, as you've mentioned. But Poland, I think, sees itself as really being in the middle of this new uh, anti-imperial conflict. Whenever I talk, talk to Polish officials, and I just recently came back from, from Brussels, from European Parliament, they see this as a major, almost existential war, not just for Ukraine, but for the future of the whole eastern, uh, eastern part of Europe uh, against Russian imperialism. And I do think that Putin uh, has exposed himself in, in many respects. However much he tries to phrase this as an anti-Nazi war, as a limited military operation, special operation, it's clear that this is a, a war of conquest, an imperial war. And I think Poland, uh, at the end of the day, I think is going to emerge stronger, and not only militarily and in terms of perceptions of its strength, 
And as you know, you know better than I do, you're in Warsaw. It's now committed to over three, what is it, 3.5% defense spending over the next five years as it builds up its military capacities. Uh, but not just militarily and strategically, but also economically. I mean, Poland is positioning itself as the hub of future Ukrainian economic reconstruction, um, which is one thing I think uh, European Union, World Bank and other major financial institutions are going to commit themselves to. How does it look from Warsaw in terms, particularly on the on the economic side? Yeah, on the economic side, uh, it, it, there's some stress because uh, they were already spending over 2%, 2.5 for a military defense. Now they're going to ramp it up quite a bit. And they got this huge uh, uh, new influx of refugees that they're, they're trying to support. Meanwhile, the EU has looked askance at Poland for a number of years on a different uh, very, uh, varying issues, mostly about Poland's arrangements on their court. And they're withholding uh, some uh, billions in EU uh, recovery funds. But I would add to uh, what you're saying is, Paul, you kind of mentioned Poland, the hub in the region. And the, from my perspective, the United States can't have a better uh, ally, more ready and willing. Uh, but Poland could be more able. And that's where the United States could kick, kick in a sort of lend-lease approach uh, to the region, not just to Ukraine, the whole Central East Europe. And I'll just finish with this point. This is where at the Madrid summit in June, NATO needs to strengthen forward defense, including permanent units and U.S. divisions, including Poland and Romania. I'm curious how you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, you've followed the military side much more closely than me. I would just add this because I see we don't have much time. I would say a, a major uh, development here has been the strengthening of Polish-Ukrainian relations, which, as you know, have not always been 